Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Lap. I'm still <laughs> drunk. I've been having a real rager with me and my bro, Billy Squire, the cockroach. He knows how to party. He's got a backwards baseball cap I made for him out of some belly button lint. If you if you missed part one, go to DungeonsAndDoritos.com. Uh, because when last we wept our heroes, Bartholomew Gleeman, the naughty little scamp, made a bargain with a bartender and was recounting, quite inaccurately, I might add, many of the adventures uh, thus so far. So now we return back to the tavern, the Granting Cat, where uh, the story continues. Let us continue the story of the epic story of Barty Gleeman and his and his fellows. Yes, indeed. Now, uh, because I'm telling the story. Shut up, Gnome. Not Hopefully. yet. He's not. Keep going, Gleeman. Uh, yes. Now, as we as we traveled, uh, the elves the elves happened to be a benevolent race. It turned out, indeed. Now. Even though we were not able to speak their language, they healed our wounds and took us to their camp. It was a very sad camp. They were the dirtiest elves I've ever seen. Now, dirtiest elves means that they have been fighting a thousand-year-long war. These elves were the most worn-down people that I have ever seen in my entire life. They were fighting as hard as they possibly could. However, that night... After we had met with the chief of the elves, telling us where the wizard's tower was and where we could possibly get Jennifer released from his crystal, it turned out that they had one night prior to battle that we were able to bring some joy into the lives of these elves. And now I will tell you the story of Chair the Dwarf. 
Chair the Dwarf was one of my was one of my friends. He was a great person. He was a great warrior. Chair was not one to uh, have subtlety. He uh, <laughs> uh, he was always naked, and uh, I loved him for that. Huh. He. Uh, <laughs> It's true. I did. I loved him greatly. Because he was naked. Because he because he was naked. Now, yes, indeed. Indeed. Yes. To yes. Let us raise a glass to chair the dwarf. Chair. To chair. Excellent. Now. Chair the dwarf was a very uh, precocious lad, and he went uh, into the into the middle of the elven camp, and he asked for the strongest elf in the middle of the camp. And one elf stepped forward, a very massive elf. Now you think of elves, and you think of elves as a very tall, thin, slender folk who have very, very lean muscles, not an ounce of fat. Now this elf was massive. This elf was more than a match for a dwarf. They sat down at a table, and Chair the dwarf challenged this elf, who was two times his size, to an arm wrestling match. Chair the Dwarf gathered many an elf. Well, actually, Body Gleeman, the greatest, the, the greatest dagger thrower, the greatest dagger thrower and Gleeman, whoever who has existed in the history of Gleemans, uh, gathered all of the elves to this match of, of, of strength. Now, we could not speak the language of the elves. We didn't have you with us, Brother Trix. If we did, we would have made more money. <laughs> Chair the Dwarf was able to communicate with his body motions that he wanted to arm wrestle this giant of an elf. They sat down at the table. So you guys kind of like hover in this position. That's round nine. Now we're on ten. Five. Four. Five. Uh, actually, this is a three, so you get better dexterity. Five again. Six minus uh, two. That's, that's four. Uh, Chair starts pushing his hand down. And at this point, it's just a battle of attrition. Yeah. <laughs> two. Seven. You're going to have a position on him. Yeah, he's got position on you. Nine. It starts going down. <laughs> it's just sheer chair strength. <laughs> just pushes away from the table. The elves are chanting. I'm jumping up and down. Six. Seven. Chairs jumping up and down. Elves cheer. No one's there losing or cheering and clapping. The elf in general, he's just laughing. And chair, chair is kind of hugging him at, at crotch level. Hey, Petit Monsieur! <laughs> Boom! He, Boom. he actually takes some arrowheads from his own person. He hits his teeth. He just claps and claps. He smacks you on the back. He calls for more wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chair, chair wants the wine. He wants the wine real bad. He was a very mighty dwarf. I like to meet that man. <laughs> he was I've a good never friend. Seen a dwarf go down on an elf so hard before. <laughs> <laughs> he was a good friend. I want to 
He was a very good friend, and he actually made us many an arrowhead that night, indeed. The main goal was to win from these elves, who were very magical, this cloak as you see on me. Now, it may smell of feces, but don't think of that. That is just a, a lasting remnant of my good friend chair. Excuse me. I just, I just, I just remember that. That's all. It's, it's very good. <laughs> <laughs> now, Chair the Dwarf was very much expended. He was exhausted. However, I asked him if he could do one more bout of arm wrestling to win me a cloak of invisibility. Just barely. Oh. Just starts to get there, get there, and then just... You, you, you hear it? Just like awesome. And the, the elf just... Goes up. Ah! <laughs> the chair's jumping up and down. And I'm hugging Barty and jumping up and down. I'm a little bit aroused. Like, <laughs> things have happened. <laughs> so he takes the daggers and he hands Chip the, the, the robe, pulls up one of the daggers and looks at it. And he says something to the crowd. Oh, he's on Ted's bloody. They all kind of make this noise, like, you know, kind of a, like, Then he hands them back to Barty, and he claps the chair on the back, and everybody claps and cheers, and more wine brought the chair. The chair drinks a lot of wine. He needs to sleep to regain his stamina. He needs his sleepy grape juice. Uh, he won me this cloak, and I will remember him uh, for that. Now, the next day, there was a great battle. The elves went into into a great battle with the orcs. The horns of the elves were 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 blowing. The you could hear the trample of the feet on the on the ground as thousands of elves uh, traversed through the forest and able to defeat this orcish host uh, as one final battle to be able to decide between who would win the war. Another deep horn blast off to the left, followed by a pounding of drums. Instantly from that you hear battle. They just carried on very far off its faint. None of the groups you can see are actually engaged in it, but already smoke is starting to pile up from out in the distance where battle's already been fought. And the elves continue to march. Their formation adjusts just ever so slightly. And it actually starts to resemble a formation that makes sense with the archers towards the rear and the scouts actually on the flanks. And then the uh, armored soldiers with the, with the spears and the swords kind of creating a triangle. And then as they get closer or farther off into the distance, you actually see the scouts just kind of melt away. Chair at this point kind of stops and kind of looks at everyone. And he's like, if I die, I'm glad I'm going to die with you guys. <laughs> Oh, I'm not dying. I'm not dying here. <laughs> Unfortunately for the elves, they lost many a comrade that day. In fact, we're causing a distraction for our party to travel through a portal and retrieve the power that caused the orcs to be able to communicate to each other and uh, go through the forest with um, great speed. If you want it, I've heard of this war. I've heard of this war. This is on another continent. They say, you, this war is over. You, you stop this war. You stop the, the wars with... Oh, we're good. Never know. I think he needs to 
Yes, the war is over. Yes. The elves won. The elves were victorious. The elves were victorious. And the elves were victorious because of... Barty Gleeman. Now, uh... Barty Gleeman... I guess that's the end of every story. Barty Gleeman's the it's oh, true. Oh, that's Barty Now I'm going to skip ahead a little bit because there was a st- there there's a part of the story where uh, Lefty, the pirate queen, picked up a, a wedding ring where she put it on. She wasn't supposed to, but she that did. And because she put it on, she got possessed by a ghost. And because she got possessed by a ghost, she thought she was going to get married. She thought she was going to get married and marry this 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 lich of a ghost, and it was a horrible experience. However, uh, Barty Gleeman landed the final glow on the and the final blow on the lich and save the day. I'm the one who lands the final glow on people. <laughs> it's true, you do land the final blow. Although sometimes, Jamal, you do realize that the final blow happens to sometimes land on me. You, you said, do you realize. You said glow. <laughs> As we traveled the land, we finally found the tower of the wizard in, that could free Jennifer from the crystal. Now, as we were coming... In theory... Yes. As we were coming close to this tower, we realized that it was besieged by fire. And VMAC the Goliath used a power in which he had never used before. This man, this Goliath, this natural beast, was able to uh, derive from the elements itself a, uh, a way to see through time, through space, and see what was happening in this tower. Now, it turned out that this wizard, this wizard was beset upon a man in a black cloak. A man who was using fire as if it was its plaything. A man who was causing fire to wave through the tower as if it was a wave of water. He was an evil man! He was the, he was the worst! He was the dark god! Now, your story yeah, don't hold much water, but I want to hear more. <laughs> As we traveled into the tower, we uh, realized that the beast, the man in black, bastard. We went into the tower. It seemed to be empty, but Vmac, using his powers of insight, the Goliath, who had eyes of an eagle, could look down onto the floor and find that there was a man who was wounded in the wizard's tower. We then found a man called Christopher. A wizard who was very powerful. A wizard who could travel space and time. But we'll get back to that. Now, Christopher was a very powerful wizard. I hate wizards. I hate them. You and me both. And everybody uses wizards all cool you. Uh, magic is OP. Uh, the, uh, anyway. Uh, what? This campaign is broken. I'm down with uh, <laughs> What's he saying? Uh, yes, now... The wizard Christopher was a very uh, benevolent wizard, a very kind wizard, who happened to instantly be on our side. Now, that is because he found our group to be interesting, similar to uh, Barty Gleeman. Who's Barty Gleeman? <sighs> it's me, you son of a bitch. Pass the Doritos! <laughs> now, this is the depressing part. I want a snack. As we were talking with Christopher the wizard, it turned out that the man in black was lying in wait for our band of heroes, very close by, waiting for the exact moment to strike. And as he did, he raised a group of knoll zombies, uh, a group of undead gnolls that would strike us down with uh, their might and their horrible, horrible breath. I hate 
in order to in order to release Jennifer, Christopher told us that Jamala, VMAC, and Cher would have to stay in the room with the crystal in order to release Jennifer. As Lefty and myself went out into the into the main hall to be able to defeat the horde of zombies and the man in black. The man in black was very powerful. He was able to raise the dead, and this man, this horrible, disgusting man, he, he took Lefty away Not from like us. A coward. Lefty, you're surrounded yeah. by these things. And how close together are they? They're staying away from you, like striking distance away. They're just kind of mobbed around you. What happens is they kind of move around another person standing there, and it's a man wearing dark clothes. Oh, dear. He's wearing a dark hood, and you don't see much of his face. It's kind of like you look at him, but you don't really see it. He's smiling at you, you know that, and it's kind of a warm smile. So what do you do? Okay, I'm going to hold my sword out to his neck and demand to find out who he is. <laughs> okay, well, I'm not really inclined to listen to demands. But uh, what I would like to do Give you your options. You see, I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna be able to take your friends today. That wizard's really too powerful to kill most of my army, and I really can't maintain this many undead at one time for very long. <laughs> but I can maintain them long enough to tear you to shreds. Sure <laughs> Put the sword down. You can come with me. And everybody lives today. Otherwise, darling, you're gonna be torn limb from limb. If I scream, will they hear me? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> if I hear the scream, well, I, I pick up my rapier and I say, Lefty, I'm coming! And uh, I run straight. Okay. Into the zombies. Okay. It's going to take you a couple rounds to do that. The zombies are closest to uh, Barty actually turn and attack him. Uh, well, I'm going to meet him head on with my rapier. Okay. <laughs> Roll your attack. Uh, uh, deep set. Plus four. Minus three. <laughs> what? I critically failed. <laughs> <laughs> you swing with a good three inches to spare. Take that! <laughs> and you got to stumble back into its waiting arms. I'm in its embrace, like, yeah. hugging me? Yeah. Ah, oh, it's getting fresh, eh? <laughs> okay, what's Barty gonna do? He's gonna, he's gonna take out his dagger, and he's gonna stick him behind him. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a nice old stick. <laughs> This is back to him. He won't get here time. I'm coming, Lefty! I'm coming! Okay. <laughs> okay, that's cute. So I'll kill him all! <laughs> I'll kill that son of a bitch! Find me! <laughs> he, uh, he realizes that you're not going to take his hand, so he just kind of steps right up next to you and puts his arm around your shoulders. It's like... <laughs> really, it's not going to be that bad. You might even like it. There's no torture. There's no jail. There's the prison. It's gonna be fine. And you guys start walking towards the door. Now. I'm here now. I'm here now, baby. I'm here now. So Lefty was taken by the man in black. He disappeared. Could not find him again, but 
We knew that we must save Lefty from the powers of the man in black. Christopher, the great wizard, told us that we would be able to find Lefty if we were able to find the thread through the ways of, of time and space that he was traveling in order to rescue the Pirate Queen. Uh, now, that night was a very hard night, as Jamala Dalla Egbert III, the Dragonborn, was not... Jamala, you were not happy. I was not happy with you. <laughs> That's true. Help me clean up these corpses. I told the wizard to clean up the corpses. He's got I, magic. Are you drunk? What? You. You let him take her. Let who take who? Lefty's fighting. I start punching him in the face. <laughs> I'm gonna dodge. I'm gonna acrobatics out of the way. Minus three. I'm going to acrobatics out of the way. <laughs> you miss. He, he rolls out of the way. <laughs> I, I storm after him. If he's on the ground, I'm gonna kick him in the guts. I imagine this is oh, when the chair would show up. Yeah. Kick him in the guts anyway. Finally. Okay, would you mind helping with these corpses? Just put them right outside the front door. It's that door right there, just on the other side, so they won't stink. Why are they fighting? Corpses, please. Uh, I walk over. <laughs> we're not. We're not <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on. Will somebody deal with the corpses? <laughs> Why are you guys fighting? <laughs> Why is it? No, I'm, not fi- I'm not fighting. I'm just rolling away and laughing as Jamala keeps on chasing after me. I rolled it too. <laughs> <laughs> now she's. Kind of cat scratching. <laughs> I was trying to kick him in the guts. Why are you trying to hurt him? Then cat scratching is the wrong way to go about that. I, 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 I I'm going to avenging light him. <laughs> Jamal, what are you doing? A chair. Take care of the fucking corpse. <laughs> is Barty drunk? <laughs> I wave the uh, I wave the casket at chair. I'm like, hey chair, drinky drinky. Yeah, give me some. Give me some. <laughs> I toss it to chair. He makes double times it, hearing that horrible screech. And chair chugs the flask. The humming in the room is getting louder. He so shows up. He's like, "What's going on?" That little piece of shit, Gleeman. Let him take Lefty. I chug the whole flask. Oh, chair. And I rolled a ten. Oh, Vimek runs over and hugs Jamala. I grasp his big stick. I don't know. Everyone keeps talking about that she's gone. She was fighting zombies last time I saw her. I don't know what the problem is. You let them take her. You, I you. Who took last? I don't understand. Wait, Lefty's gone? I like Lefty. Wait, what? Get them back, Lefty. Get them back. Wait, Jamal? I think Jamal has a curse. Oh, curse you! You good for nothing, shy little... Everyone she loves goes away. Shoots daggers in a chair. He just glares at him. I will deal with you later. I acrobats to dodge those daggers. No, it's it's. Then that night, we all went to sleep. Some of us drunk, some of us not so drunk. Um, The next morning, we awoke. 
We could not find Cher. Is it starting to rain? Cher the dwarf. Ambience. Cher the dwarf was missing. Bmac could not find Cher. Jamala could not find Cher. Where'd he go? Christopher, the wizard, then proceeded to tell us the story of how Cher, the dwarf, my friend, died. He was my favorite character. What the hell? Where's the story going to go from this point? Chair the Dwarf, a brave and powerful being, was awoken in the middle of the night by a voice of a woman. A woman named Galadriel. Nay, not a woman. A god. Now, it just so turned out that dwarf, uh, the Dwarf Chair and Galadriel had, had sex before, and so there was kind of like a booty call situation, and they were calling him to see what was up, and, hey, how's it going? Let's, let's go have some more sex. And uh, so... <laughs> Yes, yes, indeed. It just so turned out that Galadriel, uh, it just so turned out that Galadriel was not actually looking for, uh, was not looking for a good time with the dwarf, the very well-hung dwarf. She was looking for his power, a very powerful being. He would, could not be killed. In many of the battles that we had fought, he was unbeatable it seemed. He would fly into the face of danger. He would jump into a horde of orcs. He would jump into a room full of gnolls. He would do anything possible in order to protect the group, in order to save anyone who is in danger. Anyone who needed help. Chair was there. Chair was willing to take the brunt of all of the danger, take the brunt of all the pain. He was the best stinky person I've ever known. Chair followed Galadriel into a chamber in the castle. It then turned out that Galadriel had different plans for Cher. She was going to take his power because Cher was not just a normal being. We all knew that Cher was different because he was a chair, after all. He was a dwarf that was chained from a chair. He was a dwarf that changed from a chair from from a mage. But it wasn't, in fact, the truth. Cher was actually a god, the god of innocence. Galadriel was seeking to take his power in her fight against the man in black. But Cher was not one to give up this power so easily. He was not one who would not sit down for a fight. He would stand against anyone who was trying to hurt him or anyone in his group. And he fought bravely. He fought valiantly. But in the end, he fell. He fell protecting his group. He fell. And as he fell, he turned back into the chair that he originated in. And that chair was left in the chamber. And that morning, even though we were not able to find him, we found the chair. We found that chair that we had loved so greatly. We found that chair that was very special to us. And we were left. We were left alone, without our warrior, without our champion. I'm walking over by the chair and run my finger around the, the top part of it, and it's covered in filth. <laughs> you stupid, 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 and I leave the room. I, I walk over to the to the chair and I pull out a small uh, flask from my from my back pocket that happened to have some of the magical elixir that we had the other night, and I uh, tip it over onto part of the chair. And I say, I will tell the world of your adventures, my friend. I only wish that you and I could have had more of them. And leave the flask. 
And then VMAC walks over and watches to make sure that he's alone in the room. Uh, I am I'm sorry I was not there to protect you. I tried very hard. You... You were... You were what we needed. Safe journeys. <laughs> My husband. <laughs> VMAC walks to the main room. VMAC's a widower. That's why VMAX said that while no one was listening. Hey, Gleeman. It was the darkest turn. And it got darker. Gleeman, listen. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm actually into this at this point, but that's a fucking downer. Is there any way that you can like pick this up with some happy shit? <laughs> oh, God sure. Damn. Yeah, sure. Uh, what, what uh, downer, yes. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Chair was a great. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got into a little bit of the moment. Uh, Let's get back Chair to the was good a great part. friend. Chair was a great friend. Tell us about you throwing a dagger. <laughs> <laughs> Get back no. to the good part, goddammit. All right, all right. Well, it just so happens, bartender, thank you very much, there was a prophecy. A prophecy that said that there would be four, four people, four creatures, a dragonborn, a dwarf, a goliath, and a tiefling that would end the world. They were called the world enders. The people who would destroy all of the worlds, it turned out. Not just the one that we stand on, all of the worlds that exist in space and time. In our grief, Christopher came to us as we were surrounding the chair, the chair that we had loved so much, and he told us that he had landed in the one place that we knew that the man and Black had taken Lefty, and it turned out to be the one place that none of us wanted to go to, and that place was called Cleveland. Cleveland, the place that the tieflings are born, the place of endless bureaucracy. Yes, indeed. That indeed sounds like was. a really boring place to have a story. Yes, it is, and it is. And you know what, bartender? Thank you. We will skip ahead. We will skip ahead because you know what the man in black did? He visited every single place that the prophecy spoke of. We visited Cleveland, the land of the tieflings. I'm staying inside the chamber. No, I know where you are staying. Where is we? Hell? Hell? Well, uh, my Cleveland? Are we in Cleveland? Yeah. Wherever you are, it's so brightly lit that you have to shield your eyes. And once you open your eyes and you become accustomed to it, you see that you're in line. Uh, what? Uh, Who are we in line with? Or what? Uh, this isn't Dorito Land. VMAC uh, taps the shoulder of the person in front of him. It looks, he turns around and looks at you. He's got horns that actually kind of curl down towards his cheeks. What? Uh, why, why is everyone in line? Oh, you want to get in, don't you? Get, uh, the, yes. Okay, well, then you got to wait in line. Oh, God. I don't understand. What's going on? So, one time, uh, Jennifer and I were talking. It was that time uh, I was running around with him on my shoulders. He uh, he told me how much he hated Cleveland, and one of the reasons was the strangling bureaucracy. Aside from processing for new arrivals, you think you can come in line that's illegal. You, now you're going to be questioned. Oh. Hold out your arms. Uh, VMAC holds out his arms. Uh, why? <laughs> Each of the uh, three of the uh, guys grab your forearms ah. with one hand, and then they just take off. Ah! 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 Ah!
Surely you're more than talented enough to to question us. Are you kidding me? That's no. That I'm. I wouldn't know where to begin. What I would like to do is to attempt to uh, seduce this hulking uh, monstrosity <laughs> and midair. Um, <laughs> If, if, if anything, just to be held in a more comfortable position, perhaps against its broad chest. Because I am... I am deserving of such things. <laughs> well, it's a pretty stupid creature. It actually um, looks down at you and it's like... Uh, all right, that does look uncomfortable. <laughs> he Aww. kind of makes you up and cradles you as he oh, flies. thank you. You're so nice. Please stop talking. As they're flying off, one of the other ones flies closer to him, looks at him dis- disgustedly... Punching him in the shoulder. It's okay. He was trying to fondle me. <laughs> Violation. Smuggling. Are you guys trying to smuggle demons back into Cleveland? What? I, I. You will be arrested. What well, do? Arrested? We were not trying to smuggle anything. Yeah, we just said, hey, what are we talking about? This isn't the way it's supposed to work. We didn't re- we didn't resist. Well, I didn't resist. I, d- arrest them. Don't arrest me. Hey. You have the right to a trial? Or a trial by combat. Very slowly lifts that gem up towards the, the shimmering wall and just kind of pushes his hand through the wall and drops the gem. Your friend will be free shortly. Genevieve. Uh, that's amazing. Maybe this isn't a total bust after all. No. Yeah, when? 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 When shortly? Bazinga! Jennifer! <laughs> 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 D-Mac picks him up and swings him around. Jennifer! <laughs> and D-Mac drops him before he gets tackled by Jamal. <laughs> I, I wrap my arms around his, his sullen frame and, and kiss him, kiss him up and down his, his neck. <laughs> Oh, I'm kind of just watching this whole thing and really uh, take a step back and just watching. Jennifer is desperately trying to get back into the crystal suit. <laughs> <laughs> How familiar are you with Cleveland laws and trial by combat? I am extremely familiar, varying to not at all familiar. Actually, it's surf baiting. It's the most popular and fearsome sport in all of Cleveland. And he comes straight towards another cat. Wink. Right off the thing, and he's got four cats. Four cages! Four cages! That crazy sucker! Oh man, I'm so glad I filled out my Vuvuzela permit! Alright, now coming back around. Alright, so are you still using these cats to kind of drive the thing? Like, yes. like, dipping him into different sides. Oh. So you see him over there just kind of, like, taking the cats. Uh, they're still tied to, like, chains. And he's dipping the cages into the water and then dropping them to the other side. Now, at this point, you actually see that the animals are getting more frantic and they're actually kind of fighting each other off, trying to compete for this one piece of prey. And before, they were all just kind of following it, trying to figure out what they were going to do. And now, one's trying to dominate the others to try and take control. Basically, as it's coming down, crashing through the ice, Jamala blows a hole right through it. It lands with the hole right on top of Jennifer. So Jennifer's now inside of this thing. <laughs> it starts to kind of slither forward. And you see it's like tongue 
come out it's got a tongue and on its tongue is actually a head that gets hit by the dagger <laughs> and it just kind of twitches there for a second before it falls out it all falls down and what does Jennifer do? <laughs> Jennifer Eldritch blasts his way out <laughs> and when he finally emerges covered in gore and Eldritch goo he pulls up his sunglasses and says don't do drugs <laughs> Stay in school. <laughs> and then we traveled to the steam tunnels, the land of the dragonborn, where Dramala Dalla Egbert III, with her powers combined with the Gleam Seekers, the other dragonborn members of her previous fighting troop to defeat the ancient yes. evil, the Yanti that was raised by the man in black, the man in black, the very same man who had taken Lefty from our care. You guys open the doors and you're confronted by a wall of mist, of steam. It just kind of pours into the chamber. Um, It's very hot. It's very humid. We're in Uh, Florida. (laughs) Where? The worst place in the multiverse. (laughs) This smells familiar. As you step into the steam, you see that there's a shape not far in front of you. It's very humanoid. Uh, it's not moving, it doesn't react, it kind of makes a bit of a hiss, but it's not like a menacing sound. It's more like a, almost like a sigh. Hello? It steps forward. What you see is, it's another dragonborn. The face is covered by a veil, it's wearing all black robes. They cling to the body, and because of the humidity and everything, it kind of even like more clean. Uh, there's lots of interesting <laughs> stitching, knots, and accents. Um, a few, like, metal discs that reflect the light. Oh, God, it's why. I, I run to her. Sana. Uh, uh, Sana, what are you doing here? Fifteen years. Fifteen, fifteen. You know this one? Yes. This is one of the Gleam Seekers. I, we're, we're in Fornix. We're in the steam tunnels, VMAC. Fence. We must go. Fence. What fence? I think vents? I thought it was a guy named Vince. <laughs> do we have to Vince something? Lead, lead Sana, lead the way. I, I do not let go of her hand. Maybe Vince broke the fence through the vents. <laughs> have you any evidence? <laughs> <laughs> I must convince. <laughs> I was There's com- too much suspense. <laughs> I was completely ignoring them until Sana chimed in. And- <laughs> but I digress. This isn't making any sense. <laughs> Sana, this is not a dragonborn corpse. What is this? You actually, you're afraid you think you might know what it is, Jamala, because it's legendary. You know, you have stories of boogeyman and evil demons and, you know, monsters and stuff like that. In our world, equivalent of that to these people would be the auntie. The auntie? Mm hmm. Which are a breed of snake like sorcerers. That were assumed to have been destroyed. So you guys cross, uh, make it across this bridge and onto that island, and immediately Jamal is recognized by the other Gleam Seekers. It is the Gleam Seekers that are on on that island. Sana, get down! Who did you bring with you? Sister's bed. Uh, 
Jam 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 Back Jam Yay Jam Hello Jim Hi uh um I know this is really awkward uh but I'm here to help Someone tell me what's going on okay. Where have you been Jamala Dalla the Third? Mistress of the Steam Tunnels <laughs> That is a long story my friends Regardless of where I've been, it, it matters not. I've brought friends. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I've brought help. We're here now. Let us fight back. Hello. We are friends. We are help. Hello. Well, kind of friends. We're I like the one with the pointed head. Or I'm sorry. I shoot off a couple more blasts of suppressing fire. Uh, hey, wait, hold, hold on one second. Which one of them is the hottest? Me. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Who's, 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 who's me? Kimba slithers over to the tapling and pulls him down like, Oh, you should get down. There's projectiles. You may be injured. Hi, I'm Kimba. First off, first off. Keep your mitts off of him, Kimba. Second off, where are my manners? Um, uh, Marty saunters over to the uh, the beautiful young dragonborn who just said me, because that person has some personality. Vmac kind of stiffens for a minute. His eyes gray out, and you've never seen his face do this. It just kind of changes shape. I put my hand on his shoulder. Vmac, what do you see? He stands up just kind of jerkily, almost like he's just not comfortable in his own skin. And he just stands there for a second, looking around the room, looking down at himself, looking around the room again, looking at each of you guys. He's possessed everyone, get back! The contract is fulfilled. What contract? By between the, the people, people, the people, and Phallus made a contract to bring the Yanti back. This doesn't make sense. Oh. Fornix is safe. That all. That's all that matters. Is Fornix safe? Vmac collapses down to his knees. His eyes regain their color. His face looks shocked. Vmac, I scamper to his side. We need to go. We need to go now. Where do we need to go? We need to go up. 
They are leaving. They are leaving tunnels. They are going to land. Do you know what is above? This is Ironback Mountain. No, no. The Kivaki. And they need me. They need us. We need to go. Now, Fuck this guy, what did you do as Goliath? We traveled up the tunnels, up into the up into the mountains, and found that the Yanti were using a, a magical force that was melting the ice of the mountains, was causing all of the snow and ice to melt, and rivers and lakes were formed that were drowning the environment around them. You look to be in the midst of winter. All the trees that would have lost their leaves and they're all gone. There's it's not like they just recently fell. The ground is soft and wet. There's little streams and riblets of water where it's just like all of a sudden it just thawed quickly. But the most compelling <coughs> aspect of it is all the runoff of like snow melt. It's just little rivers and, and it's like the rocks are just weeping water. So, I mean, it's like a sudden... It is too warm to win it as it should be. <laughs> Way too warm. But nature is in conflict. We must hurry. Everyone quiet. You don't find any survivors, but what VMAC does see, as, as he's traveling through there, he, he starts to think about the obvious past and uh, course of events that would have happened. These creatures would have come out of the mountains. They would have attacked the tribe. The, the hunters and the, the warriors would have met, met this knowing that they were going to die. Duh. But they would have done so to buy time for the survivors. Who for would, the others. Who would have escaped into the mountains or into, for, to another tribe to warn them and gain protection. Their best route would have been going across the Deva, which is the, it's kind of a lake that rises and flows within the seasons. And as you get down there, you can see that it's obviously flooded. You see the bodies of many, many young Delavaki warriors dead. Uh, all of them, the young fit, the, the hunters, the, the, the lifeblood of these villages, they're gone. And this could very well be all of them, for all you know. Among the dead, you find children, women, the old, the sick, you know, they're, they're just gone. Nobody you recognize. It's been a long time since you were in these mountains. Fifteen years. This is where you would meet the shamans. This is where they would come and greet you and welcome you to this place. And no one comes to greet you. Demak, son of Kavaki, I have returned, and I am here to help with my friends. Nothing hey. but silence. Uh, hey. I spark a little and kind of gesture to be like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't be afraid. I, I am uh, absent-mindedly as I was walking, fondling a dagger, and then as as Vmax says that, I quickly put it away. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> Jet hands. Spirits like that. Jet hands. Is there one among you who can tell us who is responsible for destroying your lands? Jet hands. <laughs> Probably the oldest of them. He's not a Kavaki. You're not exactly sure which clan he's from. He walks forward leaning heavily on a staff. He walks up to Gleam, uh, or VMAC and puts his hand on his shoulder and he says, Welcome back, son of Kavaki. I am sorry for your loss of your people. The loss of the Kavaki have fallen? They were a great warrior people, a shaman people. They sought to stop this down to the last man. How long has this been going on? VMAC collapses to his knees. 
I'm I'm up next beside him, and my hand is on his shoulder, and I know we time is short, so I keep talking. How long? How long has this been going on? It's been days. The first day, it was easy. The the Yanti, they were slow. We crushed them. It was good to see the young men fight. They hewed through their ranks. They were unstoppable. But then the spires went up. The warm winds came. And with that, the Yanti had renewed life and vigor. They were strong again and fast. And so nature, fast. And nature was put out of balance. They destroyed everything. We came higher into the mountains, hoping to outrun the, the, the warm winds. But they follow. They are following. Fimak, your wolf bear. Duh. He is an elemental spirit. Duh. He could do battle with the, spir- the spirit trapped inside the spire. Destroy it and destroy the spire. He is a winter creature. Vimak kneels down on the ground. He closes his eyes. A moment later, they just flash open, but they're stuck open. They don't blink. They don't do anything. And his eyes fix. Vimak. Weird. Vmax's writing basically with Wolf Bear. You guys are in the same form, the same body, and you're sh- just shooting down the side of the mountain. Within a half a, a half a second, it really takes. It feels like a, you know years pass by where you're just traveling through this tunnel of wind and air, and and then you slam into the fire. Being this far away from it, all kinds of perception and everything is all cockeyed and screwed. And then when you hit it, it's like you crash through that bubble of fire, you're peeling through layers of it, and then you hit back down in the middle, uh, surrounded by it. Hitting it just kind of gave you a second of pause, where the fire kind of expanded around you for a minute before it starts to whirl around and collapse in again. You can actually feel the strain of this, uh, of what you're pushing back. That was close. You could almost feel like you, like your bubble was about to just collapse, yeah. and you guys were gone. And you can even see Wolf Bear bracing himself as if he knew that the end was coming. Ah! Inside, the bubble just expands and it's like emptiness. It's not that the bubble just gets so big, it's like the bubble just explodes. Everything, like all the fire just like fizzles out and goes away. And you know it's gone, it's dead, and your eyes just flash back <gasps> into the reality. Shit up here, get that out of my face. Boring. Yeah, by the way, uh, just because she thinks it's a bad idea doesn't mean it wouldn't be cool if you guys want ninja armor. That's what I want to do. Who's stopping you? No one! Charge! <laughs> Christopher leans back, crosses his arms, and smiles. He died like he lived. I hated him. Why don't you help him? You like to burn things? There's things down there asking to be burned. Is that? So after all of the slaying, what do you guys do down there on the ground? Well, hey, hey, Jennifer, how many fingers do you have? Um, this is a trick question. No, seriously, how how many fingers do you have? I got ten. What? On each, on each hand? (laughs) Good lord. (laughs) Yes, on each hand. I just never noticed. Oh, well, high ten then. No. No. And I feel like that Jennifer just walks off as I leave my hands up in the air. Yes. And Barney just puts his hands down and 
all right, and just walks up the mountain. We're going back to dark shit, Barty. Yes, indeed. Now, we're going to travel back into the tower. As we traveled back into the tower, Christopher was called, and we went back into the tower and traveled through space and time, wibbly-wobbling through time and space, as we then reached a forest. Uh, a forest with ca- with a cabin. A nice cabin, A very... <laughs> Jamala, you've drunk too much. Uh, I've never been drunk. Yes. Now, the the cabin happened to be the very same cabin that our friend Chair, the dwarf, had been transformed from a chair into a dwarf. We went into the cabin, and that's where we found the man in the black, the son of a bitch who had taken Lefty, the son of a bitch who was going to die. And you killed him then. By my hand. There in the cabin. Throwing dagger. I threw it towards towards the man in black, but... Oh, I did. It's and true. So you me it's very nice. <laughs> was it the same dagger? It was not the same dagger because I missed. Uh, the oh. one that I hit your friend with, that one always strikes true. Now, uh, I missed with that dagger. It was unfortunate that I picked that one. We took the man in black into custody. We took him into the tower that Christopher had built. We took him into the tower that Christopher used to travel through space and time. The very place that the man in black wanted to go. But we did not know that this man in black had a plan. This man in black knew that he was going to use this tower to stop the prophecy from happening. Because as it so happened that the man in black was the one who we thought was going to make the prophecy come to fruition, he was the one who was trying to stop the prophecy from happening. Moving. Um, what happened next? When does this bastard die? The man he in killed black, my favorite character. As the man in black walked into the tower, he broke free from VMAX grasp and started the chain reaction that made the wizard's tower travel through space and time. Before we could do anything, the next thing we knew, we landed in a town that was burning. A town that was on fire. A town that we had visited before. A town called Tole. What the fuck? We're back at the beginning? Yes. We had traveled through space and time. And as we looked into the distance, as we looked into the distance, we saw the very same light show on the sail of a boat as it sailed off into the distance. (sighs) You're Ah. nauseous. Your head is pounding. What happened? Christopher? What am I looking down at? A wood, a wood floor. Wood floor. And you hear seagulls and smell smoke. A lot of smoke. Remac looks up. Behind you, there's a town that's on fire. Oh, no. Oh, no. I've lifted my head and I'm looking out at sea. There's a boat drifting off into the distance. A very familiar boat. I know where we are. I know where we are, too. Uh, I see a silhouette of... um. Jennifer flipping us off. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, that's what that's like. <laughs> so you told yourselves to go fuck yourselves. What's going on? Basically, that is true. Now, as we looked also into the distance, we were able to see this group of strange creatures, a group of a human half-orc, a, a small, disgusting little gnome. <laughs> 
It's very good they left. <laughs> it, is, it is good they left. Oh, Thank God. I, can't smell, I cannot so, smell the stench of the gnome. The gnome uh, drank a bit too much. Yes, indeed. And now, but they also had a Goliath with them. And, might I say, a very attractive half-elf, half-human uh, that Just we... Ah, well, yeah. So okay. then, what happened? Did you guys fight or something? We did. Body Gleeman. Your favorite Gleeman. Threw a throwing dagger! Yeah! Into the throwing face! Dagger. Into the face! I was aiming for the gnome, but it missed. But I hit a, a, a god right in the face. Ah! Well struck! <laughs> Indeed, well struck oh, right into god. the face. Right in the face of Steve the god. Steve, may he rest in peace. I oh, never I loved you. Steve. <laughs> God damn it. I don't give a shit where you went to school. What happened next? What about the man in black? Now, we did not know where the man in black was because we were left in this field. We had no idea where the wizard's tower had gone. We were sent back in time fighting against the, yes, the very brutal battle uh, uh, erupted from me throwing this throwing dagger as as Jamala gathered all of her energy to cast light into this group of charging enemies as Genefia readied his fire as Vimac lowered his spear in order to meet the oncoming horde, the oncoming group of very disgusting gnome and company. The battle ensued and Lefty who had appeared before our very eyes. The very pirate princess, the very pirate queen who we had been searching for, who we had missed so much, was finally with us once again. And we were once again a group, a group that could not be beaten as with as the oncoming group, we will call them the B-team. As the B-team <laughs> came toward us, as the B-team came toward us, Lefty brandished her swords and-, and she threw a dagger! No, I'm the only one who I throws the dagger. Through. Lefty takes her sword and stabs it into the gut of Krath the Goliath, making him come to his knees and dying in a nice gurgle. Gurgle. I was going to ask if he gurgled. Gurgle. <laughs> so you killed the Goliath. We what did. Next? We killed the Goliath. Gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. Now, it just so turned out that, that, that the A-team, us, were very strong. We were unbeatable because Lefty, the pirate queen, was now once again with us. We were uh, overcharged with positivity. <laughs> I do have a sunny disposition. She does. She's so much fun, uh, especially her you know sword. what else is fun? Dead men in black. It, what happened with him? God damn it, bartender, shut up! All right. Now. You got me into this shit. You earned a couple of free drinks, Finn. Uh, the fucking All right. story. You're right. Now, as the B-team came towards us and we defeated Krath the Goliath, all of the other B-team were taken into submission. Relatrix was held be held in these very hands behind her back as I laid down upon her. It was, um... It was a night. Way more pornographic than I remember. Uh, it was a good experience, if I do so remember. Yes, indeed. Uh, now she. got the crystal for that. If she was here, she would tell you that she liked it very much. Now, I'm starting to jump up. <laughs> now, unfortunately, Steve. unfortunately, the gnome was not killed, but uh, you do what you have to do. But we decided to join forces because as we discovered, the man in black had commissioned this B team to fight against us, to fight against your heroes, to fight against the folks who were trying to no! stop the prophecy no! from coming to Awkward. fruition, to stop the very prophecy that said that a dwarf, a Goliath, a dragonborn, and a tiefling would end the worlds. Joined with the B team, we then fought our way through a war using the flute of magic. Now, 
this goes back very, very far from a time which I do not remember. Uh, I was not part of this group at this point. However, there's a flute that could that could make magic ravens come around us, and we use this flute to cause a, a cyclone of birds to go around us as we went through a war of humans and orcs to the very tower that we had been thrown from by the man in black. Like a dagger! Yes. Yes, like a dagger, sir, indeed. So he starts playing the flute, and you see the carrying uh, birds start to actually almost synchronize like their flight, and they get more and more circular, and so it's almost like a ring. And then they come closer and closer, and that ring starts slowly moving towards the cave, and then it, it almost builds like a, a wall of just ravens just crossing in front of you know, maybe 10 feet from the entrance of the cave. It's just a wall of these ravens just flying this gigantic circle but because the circle's so big and where it is it's right at eye level with you guys it's completely blocking off any visibility of the battle and hence the battle won't be able to see and move towards you and that's when um, Bob gathers up all the peasants and they start leaving the cave and heading over to the left Now, as we went through the cyclone of birds, it just so happened that the greatest fighting force was formed. Dean, the ogre slash human, Jennifer, the tiefling, and Barty, the human dagger-throwing menace that you see before you, had created the greatest fighting force that has ever been seen on this Doritonia, the war machine. The war machine, which had Dean, the the half-ogre, down below it with a sword that could cut through flesh. Uh, Barty Gleeman sitting on top of his shoulders, throwing daggers at all of the different orcs who was in front of him. And Jennifer the Tiefling throwing fireballs in front of them. As, as war machine... Incredible. Yes, indeed it was incredible, Please, sir. As, as war machine traversed through the battle, using the birds as cover, jumped from the birds as fire lit down the ground as Jennifer threw them in, and body threw daggers through the fire. Uh, Dean jumped through the fire, causing all of us to look really, really sweet. Must, <laughs> must I say. Jennifer throws a, an Eldritch Blast uh, you know, ahead of you guys. It explodes. Four of the gnolls exploded. And... <laughs> And before yeah, no. the explosion has settled, War Machine's charging through it. War Machine! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so all the blood and guts and debris oh, and yeah. smoke and everything are breaking <laughs> down. Can we be doing this the... all in slow motion? <laughs> <laughs> it's in slow motion. Time is to slow down. Your aggro meter's up. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm shouting, War Machine! <laughs> I'm pointing but at... Who's looking at Jamala? <laughs> As we went through the fire, we then realized that the man in black was standing ready to fight. Damn! Jennifer threw a fireball, but it was deflected by the man in black. Fuck that guy. Dean charged the man in black, and but was thrown back by a very powerful force of wind that the man in black used. But Body Gleeman. Through a dagger! I was about to throw a gagger, but 
I was actually going to be thrown by Dean the half ogre uh, in a very similar. He picked me up in his hands and threw me as if I was a torpedo for a dagger. Towards, flying towards the man in black, dagger rapier drawn, about to spear the man in black as the wind uh, flew towards me. I flew up into the air, doing a nice double somersault with a half tuck and landing down into the ground with a perfect salute. And as I drew my dagger, I threw it. Throw a dagger! And the man in black was struck right in the chest with a perfectly balanced dagger, making blood squirt from his chest and a nice fountain of death that he realized that he was no longer going to survive. As this man slowly back towards the tower, Barty Gleeman and company went forward trying to destroy the man in black. Lefty, the pirate queen, was flanking the man in black on the side. Jamala Dalla Eckbert threw her light blast. And every time the man in black deflected all of the advances. As our forces were, were slowly creeping up onto the man in black, the man in black flew back into the tower, closing the doors behind him, the doors that could not be opened, but only from the inside. Now, we were How'd lost. We were lost. We could not do anything save for an old man that VMAC had been carrying that was playing a flute that if you really want to know the details of, you should just listen to the episode. As we went and, and, and we were up against this door and we could not do anything, the old man that VMAC had been carrying brandished a key from his vest that he gave to the stinky, disgusting gnome. Oh, that's uh, convenient. Indeed, it was convenient. And the gnome ran with her little, Close little stubby disgusting feet through the fields of death trying to get to myself and relatrix and lefty who were beating upon the door trying to get in to fight the man in black who was dying slowly from my dagger throw now, as the gnome slowly made her way, because that's as fast as she could run, over, like over the war zone, VMAC ran, picked her up, and brought her to the door. We opened the door with this magical key. How we got this magical key, how this man got this magical key, it just so turned out that this man, well... It was he, magic, wasn't it? It was, was magic. Convenient, it? it was convenient. Now, the reason why VMAC was carrying him was be my fault. <laughs> because I threw a dagger into his Yo! chest. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Now, the dagger... It wasn't okay at all. The dagger... It was a very good day for Barty Gleeman. It was a very good throwing dagger day for Barty Gleeman because not only did I land a dagger into the man in black, I had previously landed a dagger into this old man who was barring our way from a tunnel, but that's... Uh, you don't need to know that part of the story. However, this old man turned out to be Christopher, the wizard in the tower. What what is that? And I I, I lay myself down. Are, are you are you okay? This is funny to visualize. You are okay. just like are right there. idiots. <laughs> it's just the the gleeman. He's the idiot. Uh, but why? Um, I'm sorry that you're stabbed. <laughs> Whoops! Here it comes. I yeah, I was I, I, I'm very mad. I'm mad about. It. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, bro. We're all in a pickle. Yeah. <laughs> An intense pickle. I'm dying. You're dying? I thought you VMAC healed you. Oh, he woke me up, and I'm still dying. Oh, no. Had I known that he was uh, Christopher, I wouldn't have killed him, but uh, that's besides the point. Anyway, as we went into the, as we went to the tower, we opened the... As the doors opened, we burst into the we burst into the chamber, the same place where the astrolobe, the same thing that made all of the 
wizard's tower have all of its power was starting to run was the man in black was standing at the dais standing at the very thing that had caused us to go through time and space the astrolobe started to turn the man in black threw levers pressed buttons caused the astrolobe to start to whir the sound in that room was deafening but the man in black was dying the man in black, the dagger that had been into his chest, was spurting blood. It was a deep, deep wound. And the man in black slowly made his way up to the top of the stair. We were ch chasing after the man in black. We were following this man because we knew that this man was the one thing that would cause the worlds to end. And you as to the astrolobes, as the astrolobe started to whir, as the astrolobe uh, began to reach its fever pitch, it turned out that the man in black's blood was flowing in midair from his chest to the astrolobe, causing the room to shake. The entire tower felt as if it was about to fall apart, and the man in black was climbing up to the top of the stair where you could find the chair. <gasps> the chair. The He's very back. same chair, our chair. And he was a dwarf again. No. Oh. He was still a chair. Bullshit. He was still a chair. A this chair that sat at the top of the stair, waiting. The chair was waiting for the man in black. And the man in black slowly, slowly walked to the top of the stair. And as he reached the top of the stair, he began to sit in our chair. Fuck that guy! The man in black, who I hate, sat in my friend. <laughs> That's offensive! <laughs> That's also kind of funny in a morbid way. The man in black sat in the chair that used to be my friend. As I held a rapier to his throat, I started to notice a change. The chair started to transform. Vines and branches started to climb over and envelop the man in black, choking the very life out of him, sealing all of the holes around the man in black, causing no more blood to fly into the astrolabe. The astrolabe that was starting to fall apart. The very tower, the very fabric of space and time was starting to fall to pieces around us. You can feel that there is a presence inside of the chair. It feels like it feels familiar. It's not angry. It's not hateful. It's not evil. It's not happy. It's just like an echo. The last bit of that energy that was inside the chair is still there. I just slumped down to the ground. The man in black is actually now, he can't breathe. He's being suffocated by this bits of the chair just start to swallow him up. He rubs his arms. There's no blood even coming out of the wound. The wound itself is so well covered by this, it's not even dripping anymore. And he just slowly just starts pulling in as much air as he can before he just finally just stops breathing. The man in black let out his final breath as the chair, our chair, finally squeezed the life of the man that we hated so much. And then in his final breath, the astrolobe stopped. The tower stopped shaking. Everything became silent. The man in black was no longer living. And we knew that we had won. But 
We did not know what had happened, for we were inside this tower. We knew that the tower could exist within space and time, but we had no idea what had happened outside of the tower. And we opened the doors. And as we opened the doors, we realized that we were on a cliff. A cliff that is two miles from this very tavern. So, it's over then. Duh. And these doors, they... The doors stay? The doors stand? Oh, yeah, they're still there. They're physically there. They just look like carvings in stone. You're actually on the outside ledge mm. of a mountain. Wait, where, where are we? They are a completely different place. The oh. sun is, sh- you know, it's bright blue sky. The sun is shining. <sighs> you can actually hear gulls and a nice warm breeze blowing off the coast. Are we where we first found the tower? No. Oh, okay. Have we been in this place uh, ever before? You visited here once. It is not far from your hometown, but it is not your hometown. It's one of the same type of cities in the region. Gleeman, you know something. Where have we been transported? Um, it looks, uh, looks a lot like home. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Hold, hold on. You, you, this is a true fucking story. Bartender, I assure you. If you go to the top of the cliff, you will find, you will find the doors of this very tower in the side of a mountain. My goodness, he's right. There's a cliff out there. For Mac, the very smart and brave Goliath took the key and flute and threw them into the chamber, closing the doors on the man in black and the chair that we had loved so much forever. It's poetry, that is. If you go to the top of this cliff, you will find those doors. But I assure you, you will not be able to open them. That, my friends, is how we came to your grunting cat. Fine establishment. Fine establishment, sir. And how we came to be sitting in these very chairs. Now... Do I deserve, do we deserve a free drink for the house, sir? Or uh, did you find our story unsatisfactory? Well, all right, Gleeman. You get a free drink. Huzzah! But Excellent you free drink. I'd love to buy one for the ladies. Oh, <laughs> neat. I, I accept <laughs> So, Barkeep, if what? you did enjoy this story, this true story of this epic band of heroes do we this group of heroes nay this entire room of fine gentlemen and ladies deserve a free round what do you say sir you would bring the whole bar into this, wouldn't you? I All right. would. All right. Yes. 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 If you enjoyed this time, please, please open my pouches here. Please put coin into my pouches if you enjoyed the story. And free drinks for everyone. Bartimeo Gleeman. Black Pepper Jack. Well, well. I should have expected you here. I, I'm very surprised, honestly. I would have expected you to be a thousand times cleverer. A slippery little shit like yourself would put up an incredible chase. I'd have to travel with these guards halfway around Adritodonia just to find you. And here you are, just a stone's throw from your old stomping ground. Just me, doing my job, covering every inch to make sure that I'm on the right trail, and I find you. You 
have let me down, Barty Gleeman. Black Pepper Jack. Still doing the dirty work of the king, I see. Dirty work for the crown is the work of a saint. Barty Gleeman, you should kiss my ring. <laughs> I will do no such thing for you, Black Pepper Jack. Well, then you can kiss my blade with your guts. Throwing dagger! Yeah! <laughs> Bullshit, he caught the fucking dagger. You've been working on your skills, I see, Black uh, Pepper Jack. I'm the greatest hunter alive. Barty. <laughs> Guards, bind his hands. Take him back to the dungeon, to the castle, and to the gallows. <laughs> Who's this tall drink of water? <laughs> but Barty, what's, what's going on? Stay your hand, Jamala. Lefty, don't do anything. This man, I have been rightly caught. Do not do anything right now. There's nothing you can do. I'm flattered. I'm flattered. I, I enjoyed catching the dagger. I'm flattered that you would let me. Oh, you're such a good sport, Barty. After all this trouble, I'm, I am I am a little let down. I'm really, really let down that, this, that our sport had to end like just in a flash. But you're being so good about it, old boy. You'll get yours, Black Pepper Jack. Ha! <laughs> I will get mine. I will. Coin in my purse. It's what I mean, is just in case. I'm going to get paid in case you didn't understand what I'm saying. All right, let's get this fella out of here. But he saved the world. Uh, Barty, why are you being arrested? It's a long story, Jamala, and a story that I don't have time to tell you. A story that should best be saved for later. Don't fight back, Jamala. I'll be fine. No, you won't. You're going to die. That was but an interlude, a prelude, a postscriptus afterwards. Well, well, the tables have turned for brave Barty Gleeman. Now he's gonna go to prison. It's gonna be just like ours. He's gonna be, he's gonna be some, someone's bitch in the dungeon. He's gonna be a little dungeon whore. One time I got caught up in that scene. It was a bum scene, man. It was a bum scene with bums. There were lots of bums there. They were trouble. Troubling bums. Bum fights. It was Bum Fight 7. I was on Bum Fight 7. What of it? What of it? Director video. They paid me a hundred dollars. That buys a lot of malt liquor. Anyway, I don't know what's going to happen to Barney. I don't know much anymore. But you should probably tune in to Dungeons and Doritos. And when it actually starts in book three. This is just a thing that happened beforehand. Ain't nothing but a thing, y'all. If you want to hear a bunch of Dungeons and Doritos outtakes and stuff, you should support Nerdy Show. Uh, so saith Galnap, Sorcerer Supreme Pizza, Stuffed Crust, Meat Lovers. That was my mom's nickname in high school. She worked at the cafeteria for extra credit. They were poor then. Anyway, Galnap out. Thank you for listening to Dungeons and Doritos. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive. Not just with Phoenix Downs, my dear, but by telling a friend, 
rating and reviewing us on iTunes, shopping at nerdyshow.com store, or directly donating your hard-earned Doritos to the network. Any sized contribution gets you exclusive Nerdy Show audio and images and lets you participate in our monthly support drives. Just go to nerdyshow.com support to chip in. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com sponsorships. For more episodes of Dungeons and Doritos, as well as other fine programming, community forums, videos, articles, and more, head over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show podcasts via the iTunes store. And for the latest news, follow us on all your favorite social networks. Oh man, I drank so many beers before you guys got here. I was doing keg stands, and I was drinking mead, and wine, and spirits. It was so cool. Dear sir! <laughs> Dear... <laughs> Dear sir! <laughs> and oh madam! I am not drunk! It is you who are drunk! Signed, Gelab. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.